What's up, everybody? It's the DBC. I love that song. Uh, It's a good tune. It's a good little jam. We are uh, here to make things better. Uh, It's another week. It's another week with your friends here at the Bastards. I'm Bass number three at the controls down here in South Jersey. Uh, and that is uh, best number one over there in the very blurry uh, uh, Lancaster oh, County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, I was on the uh, so this is the the Zoom I use for work as well, and I was on the phone with a customer, so I had to uh, I thought blur the background and get the uh, beer out of out of the place here. So. I just figured it was um, like very foggy in your neck of the woods. I know it's raining a lot here, and the temperature is going up. It which is. is weird. It should not be going up at this hour, but it is um, as we record this. It's like. 58 degrees outside yeah and i'm in i'm in a uh, southern pa and uh, northern pa got snow today of course the planet is healthy nothing is wrong with planet earth everything is normal here yeah. how's everything by you uh anyway uh we do this show every week as best we can and uh we are back with another installment uh some of your regular favorites are here look just because thanksgiving's coming up we don't take a break from this stuff the song exchange doesn't go anywhere Right, it's still here. We're still exchanging songs as we do each week. We got six of them, six brand new tunes, three from him, three from me. It's going to be a good one. Stay tuned. That's at the end of the show. We got a DBC first listen. I forgot about this one, and I am alternately excited, but also alter, but also dreading, completely dreading really? this DBC first listen. And we'll talk more about that yeah. coming up in a bit. And then, uh, as we've been starting off recently. Uh, getting back to our roots, man. Getting back to the DBC roots, just having some good old fashioned music convo here on the show. And uh, and and as I, I like music convo, and and of course it's going to be about uh, it's going to be about vinyl again. Mm. Or no, actually, yeah, I mean a little bit, a little bit, not much. Yeah, it has been very vinyl centric, which for the guy who owns not one piece of vinyl over here, save for a couple of YouTube fan club uh, singles. Um, you know, I, I'm happy to have that conversation. I, th- I find it fascinating, actually. Yeah, this will uh, be the, the last. World, but... This will be the last of the uh, vinyl trilogy, and it really is more <laughs> about. It really is more about the 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 concept of of bands tonight than it is vinyl itself. Yeah, but so let's get into we'll it. Get we're, we're we're two oh, we're two big music guys, right? We're two big music guys. Like to have music conversation. Maybe you do too. Sit there, listen back as uh, two lifers here talk. Uh, have a little deep dive into. Some stuff. Maybe we'll cover some news in future weeks. You know, whatever. We're just we're just happy to be coming back to a, a conversational aspect here yeah. at the DBC. Well, we so. get we got to talk Grammys soon because the <sighs> grandpappies will be coming up in the new year too. So they certainly will. Well, as I put the cart before the horse, let's get to uh, tonight's uh, topic. So take it away. All right. So um, <laughs> I, I, the topic tonight is is interesting for me uh, because of what I I do and how I listen to music. It's not surprising, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, finding a band, uh, I guess, later in their career and it becoming one of your favorites. And and I'll tell you how I I got to that point, certainly, is um, uh, people that listen to the podcast um, probably don't know, but what was it, maybe... I don't even know how long ago the title catalogs were. I five, six years, probably. It was a long pre, time. It was pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID. I, I think it's five or six years ago. I started on this uh, trek to use title and go through catalogs of artists. You know so when listen, it was. You know when it was. It was around the time that all of us were on streaming, and that happened in 2017. 
is when I got Spotify for the first time. So it's okay, probably so six, around six that years? time. Yep. Six years ish. Okay. And uh, so I was looking at, I was listening to title and I was listening to all the albums from every band, from, from bands um, consecutively ranking them, putting them in some kind of order, seeing what was good, what was bad. Um, I did 250 of them. And then I, and then I stopped because a, um, I was listening to only that stuff and not new music. And I decided I wanted to get back into new music. And after 250, you run out of, of, Band. So my criteria was to listen to artists that had 10 or more records so that it made it worth it. Although, and to then, be oh, fair, on. I feel like you had a long list of stuff left that you never got to. Like It wasn't I, like I you ran list. out. I had a list, but I didn't have a list of anything like I really wanted to get to. Okay. You know, and I did I did all kinds of, of weird crap mixed together. Like, I did all of Mike Patton's records um, combined. I did... Every uh, Wu Tang record plus every Wu Tang solo record plus every Wu Tang affiliate group record, and I did all kinds of interesting tasks. And so, so this is nothing new to me. Listening to a band's catalog, but when I say that, I, I preface it um, this conversation with that because um, I was a little intimidated, as I think we talked about uh, at one point, with the uh, catalog of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, having 25 studio records, um, 16 live records, um, all kinds of compilations. And the 16 live records are part of a official bootleg series. Uh, so they do uh, on their website, um, they do post some of the live concerts that they have and tell people, go ahead, produce it, put it on vinyl. Um, if you do so and you feel so inclined, send us some copies. So we can put them up on our site and sell them and send us some copies so you, you keep it. But they offer this up free. So a lot of people have went out and, and uh, jumped on the King Gizzard bandwagon. Um, and I decided, all right, I wanted to try it. Um, the weird thing about this, of course, is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, if people don't know the name, and I'm surprised at this point you won't, release tons and tons of music when we're talking 25 studio records you're only talking since 2012 this ain't a band that was around in the 60s and 70s so this is a lot of music in a short period of time and a lot of different styles whether it be uh rock metal jazz lounge music early on there were garage band um and they do all kinds of weird things um, but I, I got into them originally because of the vinyl and every one of their releases is released on some kind of cool swirl design, split design, something like that. And they're all pretty cool looking. And it's pretty cool and, that they're able to do that in the era of Adele and Taylor Swift, right? You know, that with that chokehold on vinyl that they're still able to do these uh, cool little things, right? Because you, you feel like you yeah. hear that there's such a backlog and it's hard for the smaller groups to it do this but it doesn't seem like with king gizzard that it is mm-hmm. now they're releasing a thousand copies of each one um and they do like uh i'll tell you i'll go through some of the, the ones uh shortly but they have dozens and dozens of versions of each one but they when the when the album gets released so does the vinyl so there's really no delay now are they big enough at this point to not get a delay, probably. At this I point, mean, yeah. I mean, they've been on Sesame Street, for God's sake. I didn't even know that. Or, or, they, or they were referenced on Sesame Street, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and, and so I first started this by listening to them and figuring, all right, I want to see if they're any good because uh, they released uh, an album this year called Petrodragonic Apocalypse. Um, should I read? Do you know the full full name of it? Should I read it? Uh, I don't, but I do love a good long, unwieldy yes. title. It's called Petrodragonic Apocalypse, or Dawn of the Eternal Night, an Annihilation of Planet Earth, and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. Mm-hmm. That's a good title. And it's a full-blown metal record. I'm like, all right, so now that I hear this and it's really good, maybe I'll go back. And I listen to all the records from start to finish, including the live bootlegs. Um, and my Lord, they are fantastic. And so I was completely intimidated. I don't get intimidated by many catalogs. And I think you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was intimidated by this one just because of the sheer volume and the sheer switching of genres. I thought this was going to be an absolute mess. And I like almost everything they've done to the point where I took this band, started in 2012. So we're talking about, uh, what, 11 years later. Um, and I have tossed them in my top 25 at number 14. And, and I was thinking about this is how many. That's a hell of a jump. That is a hell of a jump from nothing to 14 in there. I mean, I don't start things off at the bottom. I start things off where they belong. Um, but I was trying to think, I don't recall too many artists or any artist for me that I've jumped in in like the middle of a career or 25 records in and hadn't heard anything from before and tossed them in one of my favorites. Now, mm-hmm. I, and that was part of the discussion I wanted to have is that despite the fact that I've done so many catalogs, this is the first of its kind for me. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened with you? I mean, so the only thing that I can think of is is like getting into classic artists, right? That now, obviously, one big difference between you and I is that you have a very, very firm, like, kind of line that you don't go past musically, like, before 1980, whatever it is. It's, it's like um, 1978 is probably the line, yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't have that line, so I kind of go wherever. Um, and so for me, growing up and, you know, starting to get into music in 92, 93, whatever, like, getting into stuff from the 60s and 70s required a look back and and having yeah. an extensive cat that's the only thing that I can compare it to so like uh, you know when I first started getting into music it would have been the Beatles and stuff like that when I was in my 20s like in college I had a, I, that's when I hit Dylan and that was very intimidating right? going back through that entire catalog yeah. and, and I cu- I couldn't make it through that catalog right and I I totally get that um it's it it, it is you have to really like Dylan and just something clicked with me and I've been a Dylan fan ever since um, probably the most recent one was in my thirties and that was Tom Waits. I had never really gotten into him. I don't know why. And then I just heard something from him and then slurped up all his records. Um, and that was again, a big catalog, an entire what, career what were you slurping his what? catalog. Oh, just his catalog. Okay. Just his catalog, man. Right. Come on. This is a family well, no, show. And I, I think, I think Tom Waits is, uh, is, is a better example <laughs> than others. So, I mean, looking back to an era that you weren't born in, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, and well, I it doesn't, it doesn't. Cause I think there's plenty of people that don't right? that. Like the, the year zero is when they're getting into music and they're only looking forward. I do think there's more people that look back than, 
then have the situation that you're talking about, the King Gizzard situation. But there, you know, there's plenty of people. Number two was one of them, right? It had zero interest in going backwards. It was only yeah. look forward, never concerned about going back into somebody's catalog. Um, it had to be the newest, the newest yeah. thing. The only thing that I can compare to yours, and it's not the same situation, but I should put it out there. Your King Gizzard to you is guided by voices to me in terms of that right. like d- ridiculous discography sprawling. The big difference there is that it doesn't have the changing of styles, right? It's just yeah. you know what you get with Guided by Voices. <laughs> Same record 9,000 times. Um, but the difference with Guided by Voices is there's like 50,000 um, uh, side bands and, and rebranding of like taking yeah. different players in and out and calling it something new, but it really is. And that is a beast to keep up with. And I have to say I've done a pretty good job uh, of keeping up with it, so that's probably the hardest I have to work with a catalog. Yeah, see, I don't have to do that much here. I think uh, the the guys from um, King Gizzard have uh, maybe two, three sidebands. Mm-hmm. Ambrose Kenny Smith has has two, I think. Um, Stu McKenzie, the leader, has one other main one, I think. Um, but other than that, there's not much to go. Did we on. play something from Ambrose Kenny Smith? Did we play something from him? Does I don't he have know. a band. I don't know why that name sounds so familiar. The name sounds familiar. Um, I no, you know what? I think he was a guest on. I think he was a a guest spot on some. Uh, was it Gum? Was it that gum? band Gum? Oh, Gum. Yes, that was. Is uh, that yes, him, gum? or did he? Was he a guest on that? He was. A, it's Gum. Oh, that was an album with Gum. So I think it was Gum and Ambrose Kenny Smith. Um, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, well, how do you remember this shit? My, that's incredible. My, my blessing and my curse. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so yeah, uh, so the only other one in the title catalog that that I can think of that was like this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were talking about the super chunk, I think was the one that I really came in not really knowing and ended up really liking. You came not, in super late on them and had to go yeah. com- totally back. That's probably and the not, last one that I can remember. Yeah, but not enough to put them in like a top twenty-five or anything. No, like but you this, were you were you, shocking. It was enough to get your ass out to a concert to see them. Sure, like you were true. you were so amped about. So I just remember like you got so amped about Super Chunk, and I'm like, dude, where you been, man? They've been awesome. But it was great to like, well, like, come on in, man. Yeah, water's great. Well, and I would and I would absolutely go to a King Gizzard concert if they came around. Uh, now, the, the problem is uh, listening to these live concerts, um, their show changes every single show. So are they fish? Uh, uh, they like, are well, they a jam band? Do they like just jam stuff out or is it they, just they do jam? They jam <laughs> quite a bit, um, but they've got a lot of structure. They've got more structure than fish, I think. But there's also a lot of jamming songs. And songs that are three minutes and four minutes on the record turn into seven, eight, nine minutes mm-hmm. live. Um, but they also have some some hooks, too. And um, what I found out was um, in the top 25, I make a playlist of 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 the band. And then I share them on Tidal. In the, in, there's a section for playlists uh, that you can share with the public. And I did one here, and it's like 55 songs and like six hours long or some crap because of... <laughs> how long some of these songs are, but it was rocking from str- from start to finish. Now there's a couple bluesy numbers in there. Uh, they did a lot of, they did a couple records that were a lot that had the word boogie in the title a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, so it was, it was pretty cool, but most of it was pretty rocking. And I think for people 
uh, that are intimidated by it, if you like progressive hard rock, I think you're going to find enough in here that's pretty awesome. And and I, I don't think it's uh, listening to it. It's not as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. Now there are some interesting records in there. There's a folk record in there. There's some odds and ends that are and demos that are eh, iffy. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty rocking. Now, were you ever interested in them, or were you? Because we talked about being intimidated by them, and I, I think you said you kind of were too, weren't you? It was like uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard snippets here and there just out of curiosity seeing the name around oh that, that band name's ridiculous let me hear what this is yeah i don't remember what it was that i heard when it was but it must not have left a mark on me because i didn't continue down the path i feel like the i've only become aware of the ridiculousness of the catalog in recent years like i've heard the band name years ago but, yeah. but now for them it's like them again they have a new record these guys all right and then i just sort of out of sight out of mind well, I think when they released six records in 2022, yeah. I think that's when it got everyone. Um, yeah, I've that, only, that one has got everyone's attention. I've only got time for one six albums a year band, brother. I can't do two. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I want to see. I want to actually <coughs> tie this together. So this is the first time we've talked about one uh, in, in the last three weeks where we actually have music that we can play. Mm -hmm. I want to tie this together with a song and then talk to you about a a. a, a a feature or a sound that they have on three of their records to see if you, as someone who actually understands music a little bit, really, really gets the concept of it. Uh, Cause I don't, and we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, I'm curious to see if something like this will draw you in at all. So what I'm, what I want to play <coughs> is something from a, a record called uh, infest the rat's nest. Uh, so this was released in August of 2019 it was the first time that they would be considered going metal. It's called a thrash record. I don't know. It's 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 heavy. Is it thrash? Eh. I, I'm, I'm yeah, not, but that, that's I'm, a bit that's a bit of a thing with you. Like you know, you've got that metal purist thing of yeah. I'm not sold on it's it's thrash. I am sold on the fact that it is uh, metal of some sort. More stoner, a little bit of thrash in there, a little bit of doom. Um, but it is it is pretty cool, um, and, and and this is this is one of the records I went back to first before I started in, and heard this and went all right I gotta I gotta do it again so let's play what ends up being my favorite song in the entire catalog uh, called Planet B and curious if this uh this hits you in any way all right here it is uh, we're playing music from uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard one of uh, best number ones. Favorite band is his newest favorite band, I guess would be the way to put it, right? The newest entry in his yeah. favorite band catalog. This is Planet B on DBC.
is Planet B, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard from the Infest the Rat's Nest record pre-COVID. It's weird. Every, every time I like look at years now for records, it's like you just think that in your head. Like, oh, that was a more innocent time. Um, that to me is what I associate with King Gizzard. Like whatever I heard, and it could have been that for all I know back in the day, it was that kind of heavy, um, kind of heavy rock. Okay. Um, you know, I hear the prog definitely has some like, you know, it's like heavier than rush, but it's got rush progginess elements in there. It almost reminds me of like, if, if the Melvins and like rush, like, that's so interesting because if you go to the metal archives online, I, I went to there to try to see if there were bands that were similar that I could get into. Mm-hmm. First two on the list, Melvins and Rush. I don't. I mean, I, I absolutely hear the Melvins. Absolutely hear them. Yeah, I, I, not for the whole catalog. You'd have to listen to it. Oh, sure. Uh, but but okay, I get it. I, I mean, I don't quite hear the Rush. Um, but you're a much bigger fan of Rush than I am. Old Rush. So. It's got to be Old Rush before they went synthy and, uh, and okay. poppy. Um, but it's not bad. It also reminds me of like, um, I'm getting hints of uh, of that band. Do you know the OCs? I, I know of the name. I haven't get into them. Either, They're but. another one that have a very extensive catalog, like seemingly drop a record all the time. I'm a little more into them. Like I have listened to a bunch of, of their records and, they're kind of along the lines of this. Like they really can just rock really, really hard, stretch their songs to like 10, 15 minutes. All right. That's the one I got to do next. Um, But they're a little bit um, at least, but again, I don't, I don't have the breadth of the whole King Gizzard catalog. They're a little like noisier in spots, like it's more like noise, not just the rock. Yeah. Um, and they change their name all they change, they change the their name and, and they do different styles too. Like he'll put out like a weird instrumental, like jazz, thing with horns and then under his own name and then uh i forget the dude's name is escaping me but they're they're an australian band too right oh that i'm not 100 percent sure uh, I'm revealing my revealing my king ignorance gizzard, king gizzard is a, an australian band so. what is in the water over there on the dark continent no ocs is uh ocs is not ocs is from uh oh ocs is orange county well there you go uh, how about that? Revealing our, is John something is the guy. The John the, Dwyer. Dwyer, yeah, he's the he's the lead, the lead guy. Yeah, they're they're uh, that that I definitely hear some of that in this in that in at least that King Gizzard song. So not bad. Again, I don't know if it's okay. enough to make me take that dive because it's a heck of a commitment. You know, you know full okay. well you jumped right into it, but it's it's not bad. It's good. Okay, well it, at least we we got a starting point there. Sure. And so the other thing I told you was you know uh, obviously uh, I love collecting vinyl. Yep. I love collecting colored vinyl, weird artwork, stuff like that. And I had said to you last week, either on the side or on the air, I think I said on the air maybe, um, that I was going to try to collect all the variants. Um, and yeah. that's when I thought there was a reasonable number of variants. I went through in the last week showing you how much um, uh, spare time I have, and I created a list of all the variants that I could find. And there are uh, out of those twenty-two, what did I say? Twenty-two albums, um, uh, and sixteen live records. Twenty-five studio records, sixteen live albums. Um, there's eight hundred and eight variants. That just doesn't that that I can't that doesn't compute with me. I can't yeah. I can't wrap my head around that. No, and, and I'm sure that I don't have them all. Obviously, I think there's more of them. Um, but it's led by um, uh, the the first 
album that they release to the public to actually download and produce on their own and create versions of was um, Polygon Wonderland. Uh, I forget what year it was, but I'm, I'm looking at this now and I can see in my list 200, uh, 192 different variants of it <laughs> of one record. Now that just makes the, uh, you know, all the people coming after Taylor Swift for having like 14 different versions of yeah. 1989, like King Gizzard going, hold our beer, mate. Well, my, my favorite one is their record, Butterfly 3000. Songs of Love, was, Destruction, and Other Synthetic Delusions of the Electric Head? <laughs> That's close. Close. You're pretty good there. Um, no, but you wouldn't be able to pronounce the uh, titles for the other records. So mm. they did an English version. And then what they did was they um, put out 22 different language versions. Now, the music's still the same. The lyrics are still the same. But the cover, um, all the, the text on the cover, all the song titles, everything is uh, written in the language for that country. So you've got Portuguese, Italian, you've got Russian, Polish, German, Hindi, you've got a Thai version. They're United Nations of bands. They are. It's interesting. And I right now I own of the twenty three language variants, I own twelve of them right now. So I'm working on getting all of those. The too. other eleven will be yours. I'm sure, except for the one, the Australian version. Oh, the uh, deep, deep irony there. Yeah. The Australian version was only released in Australia, and I have not found the copy in the U.S. yet, and it is way too expensive to ship from Australia. Go to Discogs. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I did. And I can, <laughs> I can buy one for like 100 bucks and then plus 70 bucks to shipping. Yeah, why not? You know. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, so I, I've got, I've got a sitting, records here sitting in Serbian and Turkish. Like, I can't read any of this. It's interesting. You, you have a problem. I know I do. So my, my goal now is to get one, <laughs> just at least at the start, one version of every single album they've put out, including all the bootlegs. And I'm about six or seven short of having one version of everyone. And I only started doing this three weeks ago. So that's how much I've I've I jump into these things and do them, um, and then at some point maybe collect a lot, uh, try to collect more variants. But Jesus, man, eight hundred and eight. How about that? At so, least eight hundred eight. At, at least eight hundred and eight. So, moving on, I wanted to ask you as as someone that knows music, and you may not know what this is at all, mm -hmm. um, but they have three records. Um, the record. Um, uh, flying microtonal banana and uh, the albums KG and LW, which are split records, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, um, that are microtonal. Do you know what that means? So I, I appreciate you uh, uh, presenting it on the show as if I know anything about music. So I'm, I'm completely untrained as far as uh, musical background, self-taught guitar, whatever. I just seem able to pick it up by ear. My limited understanding of microtonal, and I apologize to anyone who is a musician or know, actually knows what they're talking about if I am stepping out of my lane here, but my very basic ass understanding is that it is notes between standard notes. So like we have an accepted like standard progression of notes that, you know, we are 
used to hearing and microtonal like exists so it's like middle eastern music the way like middle eastern music has like a different tonal quality to it than okay. stuff here like that you don't hear in american music western music whatever ah. it's that that at least that's my understanding of it i could be completely off base but that's my like caveman understanding of what it is i have no yeah, idea why a rock band is messing with this but if you and you know what when you say middle eastern music that makes sense because this flying microtonal banana has a lot of that kind of style to that it sound yeah if you were to hear it would it would you be able to tell as as uh, that that the notes are between whatever you just said mm -hmm. between other notes you possibly, would be able to tell possibly okay so let's let's play i mean in, in my head i have not a not exactly a sense as to where this is going but like i kind of like I'm not completely in the dark. Like, what is this even going to sound like? I kind of have a thought. Okay. Um, let's see if that meets if that expectation meets reality here. Be because the the thing with me is, I listen to these records and I don't notice the difference. But I don't know how to read music. I don't listen do like I. that. Uh, it but it, it sounds it does sound a little Middle Eastern to you. Me. Just you not hear something. Song. You hear something and you go, "That's not what I'm used to hearing." That's what you're yeah. hearing. It's something different, but I can't pinpoint it. So let's see if you notice that this is uh -huh. microtonal. And would you ever listen to this and go, yeah, man, that is that is different. That is they're tuning differently, mm -hmm. something like that. So let's go back to that first record that they put out uh, that was microtonal. Uh, number one, back in 2017, Flying Microtonal Banana. And another really good song called uh, Rattlesnake.
there's your dose of uh, microtonal music here on the uh, DBC for the week. That was uh, Rattlesnake from Flying Microtonal Banana. Um, you can definitely hear it. Not all is throughout. It, is it, no, is it is it just like the Middle Eastern parts? I mean, I mean those those solo solo if you want to call it that those solo parts you certainly really can hear it, but. Um, there's just, there's, there's combinations of notes that are just not what we're used to hearing. And while it was going on, cause I had time cause it's seven and a half minutes long, yeah. um, looking up the microtonal guitar that they had for it, it's actually quite fascinating and maybe would make a little more sense, uh, to you, um, even as a non-musician, basically imagine a guitar with movable frets. Oh. Where you could change the position of the fret for each string so that you create those notes that you can't play on a regular guitar, right? Because they're, the, the uh, frets are all evenly spaced out and we're used to that scale, that octave, 12 notes. So you can put these extra frets in there so that when you place your finger in these spots, you're creating a note that you wouldn't normally hear. And that might be you might be more used to hearing in Middle Eastern music something like that so um and i'm looking at a oh, picture of it and it's really kind of it's just so trippy you almost like think you're tripping because like the frets are like jagged look you're you're used to just the straight looking frets right very yeah. standard american fretboard and they're all over the place and apparently they make these guitars where you can position move the frets so that you can get whatever tone you want right uh and the interview with the guy <clears throat> from the band was saying it just opened up their creativity because they're like it's like a whole new instrument now You've added all of these extra frets in here. There's all these extra notes and voices that you didn't have before. Yeah, interesting. It's fascinating. I, I, I obviously I don't know super a lot about the band if they're super trained musicians, but this seems like a like a trained musician move, like something that people who are really have training in it would think to do this and would be interested, not just you know dudes effing around. Well, I don't know the answer to that one, but I will tell you, um, they do some really creative things with mm -hmm. these records. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, the experimentation is 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 not surprising to me. Yeah, didn't they just put, didn't they just put a synth record out or something? I saw a bunch of that memes. Was, yeah. Online about people complaining about. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't. It's not bad. Well, at some all. people so make uh, the memes were making fun of people complaining about that it wasn't that it's a synth record or something. So they did the they did the Petrodragonic Apocalypse, which was a metal record, and then they just released um, what was it called? Uh, the Silver Chord, which was interesting because they released it in two different versions. The uh, what originally was called the Accessible Version, which is um, seven tracks and twenty eight minutes, and then they released the Inaccessible Version, which is the same seven tracks at eighty nine minutes. Zoiks. Yeah, and it's it's all uh, all electronics. It's all keyboard driven. It's very uh, very interesting and very different. Um, but the, uh, I, I will and we'll end this after this. But they do also have a a record like when you talk about experiments, it's really interesting. Um, they have a record called Nonagon Infinity, where if not every song, most of the songs end the same way. With this little passage, it says "Nonagon Infinity opens a door," and and so you'll have a a song that sounds different than the previous song, and then it'll end the exact same way as it goes into the next song. Didn't every Wesley Willis song end the same too? <laughs> yes. Well, they're they're taking after Wesley then. 
Oh man. Well that Burger is King, eat your way. <laughs> Have it your way. Batman whooped my ass. Oh man, well this has been uh very educational, I have to say. I hope uh the people listening to it have uh, learned a little bit about uh uh our Flying I guess bananas. new new fr- microtones and uh, new friends of the program. Um King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Again, I don't know if it's a uh, if I'm going to be taking that dive because it's a huge commitment, and you know I got a lot on my plate right now. But uh, certainly, big respect to these guys for just doing yeah. their thing and flying their freak flag and and, and actually am, making money off of end. it. Yeah, and making oh, money yeah. on it too. They're not like doing this for five people. Like somehow they've made this work, and they've become not a joke. Like with a name like that, and a and a. Uh, uh, creative creativity like this could could just make them this very niche you know easy to mock kind of thing but they've actually like become legit well that's because that's because there's talent on yeah. this and it's it's very unique so <laughs> we'll, we'll end it there but yeah i hope i hope maybe i've i've turned someone on to king gizzard you know check it out if you got you know a free uh year of your life or whatever and want to dedicate it to oh my t- god it took so long to get through those records <laughs> but not as long as wu-tang I think that's still the record, right? God, Wu Wu Tang, man! Oh, I spent so much time on the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> All right, well, that is uh, bringing uh, this week's uh, extended discussion to a close. We're going to get into the DBC first listen right now, and uh, at the top of the program, I alluded to being alternately uh, elated, but also like dreading doing this. I had forgotten that my girl, yeah. my 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 crush from when i was like 12 years old 13 years old uh juliana hatfield who i have such an affinity for blake baby stuff and the juliana hatfield three stuff and her solo stuff um ha- is on this kick of putting out covers records and she's done she did one covers record years ago that was pretty good uh, that was miscellaneous covers. She did uh, okay. learn learn to fly by the Foo Fighters was really nice, and she just she had there were things that just worked for her. And then subsequent to that, she has put out her Police covers record, which Ugh. we both were not fans of. Oh, that was terrible, and especially me as the Police being one of my like in my top ten bands of all time. Um, that was particularly egregious. Just did not fit her style at all. Um. Then she did Olivia Newton-John, and I know why she did that, because she was a product of the 70s, and she loved that kind of stuff. I, of all the decades, the 1970s is my least favorite decade. I will happily take the 60s any day over the 70s. So the Olivia Newton-John thing had did zero for me. And then to follow it up with this one, ELO, another one of those bands where I'm just like, I don't air i don't have any interest in this you wouldn't have had a career if it wasn't for the beatles stop it you're just all jeff lynn did is crib the beatles and made a career out of it and i just can't uh i really don't i really don't want to hear this okay but it's my girl though i have to i have to i it's my duty i have to do this so now first of all i could have brought you the dolly Parton cover record oh that's right we skipped that so was that determined not to be it's just it's it's an old lady lady singing karaoke. Okay. It, 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 there was nothing. We said we would not bring karaoke versions, and Dolly yeah. Parton really doesn't have anything to do with this show. She anyway. doesn't. I just thought the novelty of it it was enough <sighs> to be like. But no, okay. 
too much of a novelty. Um, and then the other one that I, I didn't, didn't show up in my feed until today, so I couldn't listen to it, was actually the Seven Mary 3 record. I'm curious what? to see what that sounds like. <laughs> what? Yeah. Those guys? Those guys. But anyway, so I did I did discover Juliana Hatfield. And so the interesting part about this is I was never a huge ELO fan, but ELO obviously have a sound. So what happens when you take Jeff Lynn out of the ELO? Is it still ELO? I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the songs she chose for this are some some of them were hits and some of them were not hits. <coughs> so it it's it wasn't it's not a catalog. The ELO catalog is not one I I've listened to the whole thing, but it's not one I like really know very well to know what these non hits were. Yep. So I did pick three songs out of it that were actual hits, and I'll tell you the record is pretty good. Okay. Right? Um. It's a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, and, and these these songs are good, but again, it is it is not the Jeff Lynn sound is missing. Now right. maybe on Don't Bring Me Down, it's there a little bit because it's hard to really get that out of that song and still make it. Um, How produced similar. is it? Is it is it super underproduced or is it uh does she No, go it's pretty it? it's produced pretty well. Okay. It's produced pretty well. So we'll play three I think the three biggest singles on that record well yeah there's no um, there's no mr blue sky on here she didn't bother with that and i can probably appreciate why she no wouldn't. and she did xanadu on the olivia newton john record so yeah she did <laughs> yeah anyway so um let's start with can't get it out of my head all right you all know this one juliana hatfield sings elo is the record uh here it is on the dbc
All right, there she is, uh, Juliana Hatfield doing her thing. Can't get you out of my head. The ELO classic from her uh, new record called Juliana Sings ELO. Uh, better than I expected. Uh, to me, Fountains of Wayne has the better Can't Get You Out of My Head cover. So I'll take that one. Um, but not bad. I, I got at the beginning when it was really plotting, I was like, oh no. But it, it filled in nicely. And you yeah. were right, there's some production on it. I was afraid it was going to be like that police one, which was really bare bones. Yeah, just no, rough it's, sounding. It's not, and you'll you'll hear it in this now. Uh, I know Mr. Blue Sky is probably the the most well known ELO song, but, but that's just not a song to do. That's so complex, and that's more of a studio song, I think. Anyway, you don't hear too many people doing karaoke versions of Blue Sky. Uh, Limp Bizkit did it. Did they? Yeah. Was it was wasn't that wasn't that a record of theirs? Limp Bizkit did a cover of Mr. Blue Sky. How the hell did I miss that? No, what? What? No, sorry. What? What was? <laughs> I, didn't they? I, I thought no. That, Behind that, Blue Eyes, they did Behind the Who oh, song. Oh, they did Behind Blue Eyes. Never mind. All which right, was awful, behind. and they put that rap bridge in the middle of it. Took the actual bridge out of the real song. Didn't do it. Just totally deleted a yes. part of the song. Awful. That's right. I do remember that now. Yeah, Mr. All Blue right. Sky's. Honestly, if Limp Bizkit had done Mr. Blue Sky, I'd be like, let's just derail the show and play that because I have to hear this. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So I messed up a little bit. It's there. all right. That's fine. It's all right. Fact checker, thank you. No worries. Uh, so Don't Bring Me Down is is probably my favorite Yellow song. Of the tell. ones you're bringing here, it's it would be my favorite. I like Mr. Blue Sky, but Don't Bring Me Down is not bad. Yeah, so this is going to have the uh, a very similar feel, upbeat. It shouldn't change it a whole lot, um, but it's, it's, I think it's kind of cool. Let's, so let's try this one. All right, you definitely know this one. Check it out.
All right. There is a classic. Juliana handling it very faithfully um, and energetically. I, I like that. I th- This has been way better than I thought going into this. Coming out of the police and the Olivia yeah. Newton-John, this is way more, and I never thought I'd say that. So good on you. Or maybe you're just curating the best tracks here. I don't know. Uh, no, it's, it's pretty good. What I'm curating is songs that people know. People know. I mean, that even if you're not an ELO fan, you probably know these. There's no way that you can't unless you live under yeah. a rock. So do one more. Uh, do the, 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 uh, another big hit from ELO called <coughs> Telephone Line. And then we'll end, uh, end our first coverage of Juliana Hatfield sings ELO. It's, yeah, and about the only time you're going to hear ELO music on the DBC. It's not going to happen. Here it is. Through all those lonely 
There's new old music from uh, Juliana Hatfield covering ELO. That was Telephone Line. Again, everybody knows that one. My least favorite of the three. Never been a huge really? fan of that one. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a don't bring me down kind of guy. But yeah, it's fair. I just I thought it was a I thought it was a neat rendition of it, and she sings it beautifully. Yeah, I, I, I'll give her credit. This is of the three covers records full length covers records that she's done this sounds to be the most promising which is odd considering well no i guess olivia newton john would have been the catalog that i was least slash familiar and 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 liked but um this actually this sounds better than the police one and that's uh kind of tragic to me but uh yeah i'm gonna yeah. Ch- i'm gonna check it out i will actually listen to this now good so, good on you juliana what uh we have anything coming up in first listens, I know there's is a Blinker the Star coming. I oh, I like didn't. That's... Really, another Blinker the Star record? Jeez, I don't know. I think Blinker. Was, the, I think Blinker the that Star. That was independent. Is... The last one was like independent release. No one knew it was coming. I think Blinker the Star is on Friday. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that would uh, qualify. Um, I I doubt it. Um, though though we may end up. Nobody has any clue. Um, or nobody has any desire to listen to Seven Mary Three record. And as I say that, I was going to say maybe we'll do it next week, but I just said no one has any desire to listen to a Seven Mary Three record, so maybe we won't. So then, obviously, you double down on it, and we listen to the Seven Mary Three record. We, we do the entire record. Yeah, exactly. We we punish the audience. That's what you do. You bring the audience in, and then you punish them. You spank their little bare butts. Uh. uh, uh. <laughs> All right, we're going to segue out of uh, the, the first listen and bare butts back into uh, the DBC first uh, DBC song exchange, rather, where uh, BS number one and myself bring three songs apiece, new bands, new artists, stuff we haven't heard. We're going to add it to our ever-expanding playlist, which is available on Spotify. The link is uh, wherever you're getting this uh, podcast. The link is posted somewhere there, and you should go to that Spotify playlist. It is. Uh, am I wrong in saying it's awesome? Why would I? Why? Why would I say it's not awesome? I don't know. I just want to. I just need. I need validation. I need somebody to reaffirm that. Well, what I'm my not, opinion? I'm not the person that's going to do that. I have to like my own show. Oh, <laughs> uh, you could have just said yes and moved on, but uh, we dude, decided not our to. Shows, dude, our show sucks. <laughs> this I'm show you, blows. Don't listen to this shit. <laughs> you- <laughs> It only took us 20 plus years to figure it out. Wait a minute. This show sucks ass. All right. We are going to do the song exchange as we always do. Best number one begins. What do you got for us this week? All right. So uh, I, we go to, uh, I start off going to a place that I don't remember going to for uh, a long while. If ever is Quebec. I get to visit the, the, uh, the uh, Montreal in Quebec and uh, get some Quebecois onto me. Um, with a young lady named Charlotte Carden. Uh, she uh, just released her second record. And I shouldn't say just. All right, this has been in my, my queue for a while because it's l- another song lyrically that's really cool. But her album, 99 Nights, it was her second record, uh, second full length, came out in uh, at the end of August. And so it's kind of pushing my limits of what, but remember we had, of what we bring here. But um, remember we had, you know, two months off. Um, but I did this because, and, and I talked about it last week or two weeks ago, I think when I played, um, Anne Hathaway, I remember mm-hmm. that. Oh, I remember, I remember, I remember yeah. Anne Hathaway. I had this in there 
and I had another song. Wait, was that two weeks and, ago or was that last week? No, that was two weeks. Um, that was two weeks ago, oh. Anne Hathaway. How about that? Feels yeah. like it was last week. Feels like it was yeah. not that long ago. No, I had uh, I had multiple artists having songs with with that are named after other people. And I was going to do a whole list of, of them right in a row, and I decided not to. That was too cheesy. But I couldn't get past this one. Uh, so this is Charlotte Cardin from Montreal doing Jim Carrey. Check it out. New music on the DBC Song Exchange. music from quebec native charlotte carden song was jim carrey apparently she wants to marry him she does because she's got so many personalities and i like that that is that's kind of clever you know what when you when you feel like 
you listen to the lyrical content of uh, of modern music and you go like, oh man, have we run out of ideas? We're kind of saying the same stuff and somebody comes around and... Not this like, one. Here's an interesting one. Just like two weeks ago with uh, with uh, the Anne Taco Hathaway. Cat spinoff band, uh, with, whose name escapes me, but doing the oh. Leave, Leave Anne Hathaway Alone song. Who, who is she? Who, or who, yeah, right, right. But it, but it was all about leaving her alone, right? It was like, don't don't treat her... Uh, right, no, no, who poorly. is she's the band. Oh, who is she? That's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's great that's that's you, did you did you do that on purpose i did not i can i am not this is I not abbott. know who Anne hathaway is this is not abbott and costello we're not that clever <laughs> to do our own who's this who's this Anne woman <laughs> all right uh good so good catchy catchy gets you uh get you bopping over here both of us were bopping on our zoom screen so i don't know what bopping is dude that sounds so yeah we're bopping. bipping and a bopping and a hipping and a hopping oh shit all right <laughs> All right, we've got new music. Uh, I'm going to bring the next one from a band called Wishy uh, as the resident shoegaze guy on the show. Uh, you're always going to get the shoegaze from me, and that is uh, certainly coming from this space. Shoegaze, dream pop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Wishy is a new band uh, started by a guy named Kevin Crowder, uh, who back in the 2010s was in a band called Hoops that I heard of, but I was not, I'm not familiar with, but I certainly recognize the name. Then he did his own solo career. And now he's got this uh, band uh, called Wishy, um, and they have a debut EP coming out on December 15th called Paradise, a five-song EP. It has, a, has had, so far had a couple singles, including the track Donut. Uh, but we're not going to hear that one. We're going to hear the last track on it, uh, a little uh, pretty little shoegaze tune, uh, nothing more, nothing less, uh, called Too True here on the DBC Song Exchange. True, I won't. 
It's a cool little shoegaze tune from the band Wishy from their upcoming uh, Paradise EP. The track is called Too True. And you know it's great when you have a shoegaze tune that also has a hook and like catchy melody. And it's not just noise and just noise for noise's sake. I love that too, but I love a good little, little sticky pop melody in there. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, and I was about to say when it first started that shoegaze is one of the few genres right now that I'm just not feeling mm-hmm. you know but but upbeat and uh, that's as upbeat as shoegaze gets really right um upbeat Poppier. it's popular I'm, I'm all right with and I, so i'm certainly all right with that song i don't i don't go back to shoegaze very much and i don't um i don't honestly hit very many shoegaze songs in my feed it's one of my uh, it's definitely it's certainly making a comeback and i can say that i've had more conversations with so full disclosure on the show, I'm a teacher. I've had more uh, conversations with teenagers about shoegaze than any other indie genre. Like it is very much an on the upswing uh, yeah. uh, type thing. And, and I love it, man. Cause I'm a noise guy and I just love being in, I mean, I was a, my bloody Valentine guy and slow dive and all those like, you know, OGs as you would say. Um, but I'm, I'm a here for all these new bands that are doing that stuff so if you're if you feel like on the show you're not being represented by best number one i got you i got your shoegaze hook up here i'll be your shoegaze guy and coincidentally i'm also bringing a band that is considered shoegaze right now even though well wait you just blew up everything i just said what are you doing i know now i'm your shoegaze guy (laughs) again like last week if i do it after you does it become mine nope 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 Nope. absolutely not it's mine it's mine all mine i'll fight you to the death no, that's fine. You you can have it. And actually, these guys are more emo. Um, so they, they started out emo, uh, and then I think emo went out and then came back in. So another emo revival with shoegaze. So I think you went from emo to emo revival. Um, okay. But I come back to the U.S. Uh, for a band called Citizen. They've been around for a while. I didn't realize how long until I, I say, actually I them. I recognize yeah. the name, but I don't they've know why. They've been around since 2013, and they've had five records. Okay. Uh, they they do um, they do have an emo side to them post hardcore um, and a shoegaze feel. They also have a label called Soft Grunge. What the f is that? Soft grunge. I've never heard of the genre soft grunge before because it's not a thing. It's like yeah, it's just soft grunge. That's uh, it's not a people thing. Just making, people just making shit up. It's just that's that's what it is. If the witch house or you know vape. Vaporwave or what? It just, we're just uh, vaporwave, yeah, yeah. Well, I know it's a thing. It's definitely a sound, but it's like we, we really we have to call I it. Know. I don't know. It's just dumb. Moving uh, on. So th- this this song in particular uh, is from their new record called "Calling the Dogs." Came out on October sixth. <coughs> I would call this more of an emo alt rock song. The big thing about this one: huge, huge hook that I cannot get out of my mind. So um, let's take a, a listen to this from. Citizen, I'm calling the dogs. This song is called Can't Take It Slow. Call me. 
had to have that little outro there. I, I see you, mm-hmm. Citizen. That was Can't Take It Slow from the uh, uh, brand new Citizen record called Calling the Dogs. Good stuff. Again, catchy, and I, I hear what you mean about that chorus. Yeah, that, that, that caught my ear, stuck with me for a while. That'll stick in your ear. That is an earworm for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Was that a hiccup? Was that a cough? It was was a hiccup as I proceed to hiccup. Did you shart yourself too? Uh, I didn't, but that might be common at some point. You'll know. You'll see the face. The face drop. Um, We are going to go to my favorite song of the week um, that I'm bringing, and it's from an artist called Liquid Mike. Uh, It's a guy named Mike Maple. Uh, He is from Marquette, Michigan. It's a, a hot spot of bands that we play here. Mm-hmm. On the DBC Song Exchange of Michigan, Mark Marquette, Michigan. Uh, he has released a uh, a self titled album, uh, not called Liquid Mike. The album's called Self Titled uh, S slash T, uh, but it is freaking awesome. It is um, eleven songs and eighteen minutes, and it is just power pop you know, sort of punk as I, I I'm reading a review here and the guy describes it as sounding like if Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 grew up on guided by voices instead of no effects. And yeah. that kind of, uh, sounds about right. So here, here's, what's great about the song. We're going to hear called American record. It's two minutes and seven seconds long. And there are those moments in the guided by voices catalog. When you sift through all the crap and half baked ideas, when you hit on a gem, a gem that you wish that is just all killer and no filler, you go, how, how could somebody write a song this perfect? And then it just goes away. It's like two minutes in and out, right? Every part of it is good. There's no like, eh, that part goes on too long or the bridge is a little whatever. It's just good piece after good piece after good piece. That's what this is, but in like a power pop produced kind of way. It's not lo-fi at all it's just every moment of these two minutes and seven seconds is awesome every little piece of it whether it's the verse or the pre- there's a pre-chorus in it and of course it just all rules so um it's definitely my favorite song on the record but the whole thing is worth it and it's 18 minutes come on you can afford to spend 18 minutes with this i've uh, already downloaded it and i haven't even heard the song there it is the track is called american record i hope you like this it's a really good one on the dbc song exchange
in and out. That's all you need. Hook, hook, hook. Done. That is Workman uh, 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 Power Pop right there. The band is called Liquid Mike. It's really just a guy. The song is called American Record from his self-titled album. I love yeah, it. I mean, yeah, a little in and out is what everyone needs, right? It, it drives us all. Right, but I mean, in this, in this, uh, in this fast-paced, hectic world we live in, right? Isn't it good to just get to the hook and just boom out? But, but you, no, because you just said before that that you wanted more. Yeah, you're right. I did. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm being, and, and I'm being I, outed on the show. I'm a hypocrite. Sorry. Well, and I'm going to be an ass and say, I, I, I really like the song, but I've got to like my own songs better where I failed this show. Of so I, I can't say it's my favorite one. Well, listen, people, listen, it's, it's good. No, it's no, good no, no. We've had times on this show where both of us have flipped and been like, you brought the one you brought. The sure. Song. It happens. It doesn't always happen. <clears throat> but I, I, you know, look, no one's brought a bad song so far. So let's keep it going. Let's see if you can uh, continue mm-hmm. the trend. And this is going to be an interesting one because it's not my usual sound. Uh, Me too. My last one as well. Okay. So this is a little bit slower. Uh, it, it, I take a trip overseas to uh, Berlin, Germany, uh, to a group uh, duo called Afar. Uh, they've just released uh, back in uh, the end of October, October 13th, their second full length called The Refuge. And uh, they are labeled as a Krautrock band. Oh, uh, so well, but so this is more. I guess I guess this would be what modern krautrock. I don't know what modern krautrock really sounds like, but it doesn't sound like your krautrock from the sixties and seventies. That's for sure. Um, it, it's an ex, it's an electronic band. They're a little bit experimental. They're dark. Um, I wouldn't put it past calling this something like dark wave ish. You know, like we just talked about. Um, but but again, they're labeled as crowd rock, so who knows? Maybe maybe that's what they are, and I just don't know the genre. Uh, but this is a band called Afar from the album The Refuge, and the song is called Plastic Riot.
Cool new music from a group called Afar. Track is uh, Plastic Riot uh, from the recently released The Refuge album. Uh, not particularly hearing the kraut rock that I would expect from a description like that, but I, I get it. The rep, the repetition. They're definitely German. <laughs> it's the it's it, yeah. There's the repetition of it, but um, but super cool. I don't, again, I don't know what modern kraut rock is. I don't think there is. I mean, kraut rock is is a very very specific uh, kind of sound. That very specific drum sound, and um, this this isn't it. But I don't care because it was really good. Uh, yeah. It was very enjoyable and. Kind of cool groove, and a little, uh, little ominous in there. Kind of, yeah, I like it. Good stuff. It's a little dark. Yeah. You see, you see, when I say vapor wave, it may not be quite that, but I was thinking it was more witch house. Uh, it, than, it could be witch house, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, definitely good stuff. Uh, another winner here on the DBC so far on a night of winners. Uh, it's been a good one. Those of you keeping track uh, via our uh, song exchange playlist. Uh, I feel like most weeks we do good. We do the it's, Lord's it's work. It's been pretty strong. It's been pretty strong for the last uh, uh, many shows. I yeah. Say, many shows. Yeah. And even if it's not, you know, our particular, even if something isn't in our particular lane, um, you know, hopefully the other one sort of understands why we're bringing it. Where we, you know, we, we recognize each other as the musical experts that we are. Uh, so uh, before I get to this last one, I have to say that uh, I was, I'm just reading Pitchfork right now and the headline caught my eye and i wish that i could change my song choice even without having heard this song oh no please please don't say you want to play some andre 3000 no it's not it's the new bjork song um but it's just because of the headline so bjork and rosalia do you know the artist rosalia i know the name i don't know why though they recorded a um a uh a collaboration it's apparently an old bjork song from the homogenic era and she gave it to rosalia and um she added her stuff and so it's like sort of old bjork meets uh rosalie so it's one of bjork's more um apparently one of her more uh popper poppier um up-tempo songs not her meandering stuff that she's been doing the last like decade but anyway the headline reads bjork and rosalie's oral which is the name of the song is one of the best anti-fish farming pop songs you've ever heard it's just the greatest out of context headline. Now I went and I read the article. The song was recorded and is being released as a protest song because there's apparently some fish farming stuff going on in Iceland that Bjork is very um, oh. open about, uh, sort of releasing farm raised fish into the wildlife, uh, into like the fjords out there, and what that might do to the ecosystem. Wait, so, and this song was written decades ago. The song and was originated, so it's being released. And, and I guess maybe is, you know, what proceeds for it will go towards this cause, right? Um, but, yeah, the, her uh, part of it was written in the mid to late 90s. Oh, but it's not a song about It's not about it, farming. but it's just the headline is so, when you catch that headline, it's the best. It's one of the best. Yes. The one of, whoever wrote that headline. Their oral chef, starts, I mean, that's, chef, that's, that's the first. Chef's kiss to you to add the one of the line, because that's what makes it funny. One of the best anti-fish farming pop songs you've ever heard. <laughs> about the that's old, true. About the only one. It's true. That's a good point. Oh, uh, it's so good. All right. My last track is, so technically I brought this artist to the show, but not on the song exchange. 
don't know. I the- thought I recognized the name. I just didn't know why. So you recognize the name because he made my uh, end of last year top songs list, but I never brought oh. him to the song exchange. Uh, the gentleman's name is MJ Lenderman. Uh, it is the alias of Jake Lenderman, who is a singer songwriter out of Asheville, North Carolina. Shout out Wicked Weed, who I'm drinking right now. Um, and he is the guitar player in the band Wednesday. Now, I'm okay with Wednesday. They can be a little grating. I find his solo stuff to be fantastic. He put out a uh, record last year called Boat Songs, which is where the song um, Tastes Just Like It Seems was one of my favorite songs of last year. Okay. We played that on the you know December whatever episode last year. He just released a new live record. We're not playing a live track, but he just released a live record, so he's getting some buzz and some momentum around that. Um, but he ha- does have a Lucy out there, a track called Rudolph, which is portending a, a future release. I love this guy's sound. It is a combination of lo-fi meets Neil Young meets country. Meet, like there's a there's an absolutely gorgeous pedal steel part in this. That this does not sound like something you'd be into. It's so freaking good. I, I love it so much. It, but again, it's starts off with this really distorted like guided by voices lo-fi drum thing and then pedal steels in there and fuzz guitar that's not out of place on Neil Young and then he's in there warbling I just really like it I think it's a great uh you know not trendy sound he's just sort of doing his own thing see what you think uh the track is called Rudolph from MJ Lenderman my uh, third pick for the DBC song exchange this week check it out Off his red nose 
There's music from MJ Lenderman. The song is called Rudolph. It's a Lucy at the moment. Uh, my final pick for the DBC song exchange and quite a diverse pack of songs. Now, I like the music on that. Now, let me just ask you a question. Yes. Simply because it, it could be my headset, but are those vocals way overproduced? They're way up in the mix. They're, they sound really up in the mix. They're up there. That if, if I if I was giving notes on like a song, like if I went up to Jake Lenderman and was like, here's my notes on your song. Great pedal steel part. Awesome ripping guitar solo in the middle. Wish you'd lower the vocals a little in the in the uh, verse. Um, absolutely. But, you know, like, listen, very few songs are perfect. I would agree that's my one quibble with it, but um, he's got a great sound and... Uh, and I did see him live, um, and he shreds. So okay. definitely looking forward to that but record. He's, he's the guitarist in Wednesday. He is. That's a very different sound than Wednesday. Um, I mean, they have that they have that twangy thing going, but yeah, it's a little punk, more punk. My problem with Wednesday is their vocalist. It's got that grating. Like the, I think the reason that you hate Dolores O'Riordan. Mm. is the same thing that I have with the Wednesday singer where she hits those like those annoying vocal ticks where you're just like I can't listen to this. Yeah. Um but I love the sound of the band. I almost want to mute the singer on the Wednesday tracks and just listen to him cuz he's great. But like I watch sports, right? I, you don't listen to the uh the broadcasters, you just watch the game. It's like it's like it's like watching a national it's like watching an Apple TV Phillies game. Just mute yeah. that. I don't need to hear that crap. There you go. All right. Well, again, another successful installment of the DBC Song Exchange. Again, if you have not checked out our very extensive Spotify playlist, which is now nearing 890 songs. Right? Are we, uh, we we actually this was eight eight ninety. Right was it? Today. Yep. Well, there you go. I mean, we are we are closing in on 900. We'll be there before the end of the year. And uh, yeah, it is a lot of really good stuff. You should definitely check it out. It's it is a fantastic thing to just put on shuffle. I'll tell you, man, put that thing on shuffle and you will hear some really, really good stuff. We've had very few dogs in there. Like, if you really think critically about it, very few dogs. Like, absolutely, like, there's been stuff that hasn't been our cup of tea. Yeah. That's more you than me. That's more me than you. But very few, flat out, that was awful. Yeah. So, kudos to us. Lots of great stuff out there. We are going to take our leave, and we'll be back uh, next week with more new music. Uh, who knows what? We're going to talk about some stuff, maybe some surprise first listens. Maybe we will follow through on our threat to play the 7 Mary 3 record. No. <laughs> or maybe we won't. No. No one wants to listen to that. <laughs> but, of course, you will find a new installment of the DBC Song Exchange and all that other fun stuff. So be sure to tune in. Uh, and listen wherever you're listening to this, Spotify or some other place on the uh, 
on the interweb. There might be other places on the interweb. There might be, time you're listening there to might be other places you might be hearing us somewhere else. Email us at destinysbestchildren at gmail.com if you got a suggestion or a comment or, uh, you know, you're a Nigerian prince who has money that you need to get out and you want to get put it Wait, in our bank they're account. Gonna give, they're going to give us money? Yeah, we're, we're going to we'll, we'll put it in our bank account for them. All we have to do is give them our information. It's really quite convenient. Oh, oh got it. I thought we were reverse nope. Nigerian princing. Nope, no, no, no. no. It's all no. good, man. It's all good. I got this. I am Bass number three. That's Bass number one. We'll be back next week. Say goodbye. Uh, See ya. Bye. Bye.